Welcome to the Four Listeners Program. Welcome aboard, everybody. Thanks for checking us out this week. What up, everybody? I'm Spear, and on the mics with me this week is the mighty Gantor. What is up, Gantor? Hey, buddy. How you doing? It's Gantor. <laughs> what was that? You know what that is. <laughs> we all know what that is. <laughs> Sportscasters. Oh, wow. We're just jumping straight into it, aren't we? Getting excited about nothing. Wow. <laughs> Well, I got I got to acknowledge no uh no Z-Man. Z-Man is off at a concert. I think it's like a like a Justin Bieber concert or like One Direction or something. Really? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Cuz I believed you. Legit I genuinely believed you. <laughs> Where is he? He's at a concert. I know I Oh, I, but you don't okay. I, yeah. <laughs> He's so at that a concert. That part was true. Yeah, that part was true. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> but this week something must be done about Sportscasters, Ganthor. Yeah, they've all. I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm all tongue tied. Obviously, this is why I can't be one. But I, f- they, they go overboard, particularly if you watch football. And that's kind of what I was uh, alluding to in my little intro there. And that's, I think, the thing that bothers me the most is how amped up and excited they get over nothing, or things that turn out to be nothing, particularly when you can't see what's happening. You know, it's it's uh, Jackson breaks it to the right for a one yard loss. And it's like, why do you, why are you getting excited before anything has even happened? Their tone goes up, the volume goes up. All these little cues that get you amped up, thinking, "Oh my God, something's going to happen. He's going to break it loose on the first play of the game." No, it's it's something inconsequential. They just they they all seem to do it, and I don't know if it's like the loudness wars in radio and music mastering, where they bump up the loudness to make their music sound more vibrant and and to get more notice and all that stuff to the point where there's no dynamic range. And I feel like announcers are doing this all the time as well. They they get hyped up about everything: commercial breaks, plays, false start. You know, all, you name it, they'll get amped up about it as the initial entry to what they're describing. On on some level, it's their job to add excitement to something to some to a sports event. I mean, it's their job. It's their job to deliver the sports event to you with some level of commentary and excitement. That's that's kind of what I'm saying with with the analogy to the loudness wars. You know, somebody first mastered the album and and bumped up the you know lowered the dynamic range, bumped up the volume. And people heard it on the radio and they thought, oh, wow, oh, my God, you know, have you heard that? It's great. It's fantastic. When in reality, it was nothing special. It was just louder. You look at the old professionals, right? What would they get excited about and what would they just simply describe? That's right. That's and I right. think that's that's what it needs to go back to. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you look at like the old masters, like Vin Scully is an example. He's the uh, announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He'll just call balls and strikes. He'll tell you funny little anecdotes about the players um, but for the most part, he's just kind of straight up and down, even keel, and is just telling you what's going on. Those kinds of things are great to listen to, especially when you're listening on the radio. There's like, there's a, I don't know, there's it's like a, relaxing. Yeah, there's a, there's a romantic as, uh, aspect to it where you're listening to the sounds of baseball. Yep. You know, baseball is probably the best sport to listen to over the radio because there's a, you can visualize what's going on. You know, somebody into his wind up in the pitch, and then you hear the. You hear the pop of the ball right. against the mitt, yep. and and they'll you know they'll say strike one or ball two or what ha- what have you right. You hear the crack of the bat and you know, deep fly ball deep to left field. You know like there's a I don't know there's a palpable 
visualization that you can have of what's going on in that game. And the play-by-play announcer has to bring that to you and has to do it with the right level of excitement. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Does it have to be excitement? No, not it can be a description. That's what I'm saying. you got to save the excitement. Like, I don't know if, if you ever watched the Phillies on TV with Harry Callis, right? Yep. And you, you remember his home run call. Even his home run call, I don't feel was super exciting, but it had uh, enough emotion in it to get the, the seriousness or the moment, momentousness. Momentousness, good job. Is that, is that the word? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I, why can't I think of this word? Momentitude. <laughs> he captured the moment. Yeah. He captured the moment. And there was right. a, you know, and, and with the simple, you know, that ball's out of here. I can't even do it. But that's what he did. It's he didn't, you know, out he of here. He wouldn't get excited the instant it left the bat. Oh, it's way up, way up. Caught, you know, caught by the shortstop. It's like, dude, <laughs> if the shortstop is going to catch the ball, <laughs> it, it didn't stand a chance in hell of being a home run. So yeah. why did you react like that when it was hit off the bat? Well, but Harry Callis was one of the greats too. And there was a musicality to the way he used to call the game. Well, that's and- what I'm saying. I would fall asleep listening or watching the game on TV because it was so relaxing. Yeah. I and mean, he was, he was one of the true greats. I mean, he had one of those voices that you could just dial into and then just enjoy. That's what I'm saying. It's it, if you think, Oh, you fell asleep. He must not have been very good. I'm saying, no, that's the exact opposite. It was so enjoyable and relaxing to me that, I could take a nap. Yep. There's two different schools of thought when it comes to these kinds of announcers, right? There's the there's the like the Phillies announcers today. Like if you watch the Phillies on TV today, there will be whole like minutes of silence. I mean, you, these are the TV announcers. You can't get away with that on radio. The ones on TV will just sit and let the game play. Yep. You know? And I like that. I really do. I really like the just let the game happen. Like, I'm watching the game. I don't need you to tell me what's going on. I'm watching it. Here it is. Yeah. You know, the other, the other school of thought is the, the loud, the brash, the describe everything type of stuff that's going on. Gus Johnson is one of those announcers where he's just so super excited about everything that's going on. And, right. And, and yeah. you're, like, you're like, you have to turn down the volume because, Jesus Christ, Gus, you're going to blow a gasket. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, so you're, you're usually in one of those two schools of thought. Either you're just kind of dealing with the game and letting the game kind of go on, or you're really excited and, and you know, you have a hard time yeah. controlling it. Everything's excited. That's, yeah. That's the problem. But I don't, I don't, I don't think I mind so much the the excited part of it, and I especially like if it's I, an exciting play. If it's an exciting play, and if if you're a local guy, like the local announcers are allowed to get excited because they're homers. Like I love Merrill Reese, and I'm a stone cold Giants fan, but mm-hmm. I love listening to the Eagles games on the radio with Merrill Reese because he's he's not just a homer; he's a fan. So like you'll you'll listen to him and the Eagles would do something completely completely stupid and he'll go that was awful awful <laughs> awful awful you're so good at that that's hilarious so I, I mean I he he he'll just tear the team apart you know and I love listening to him not not because not because he's tearing apart the Eagles but because he 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 gives you his honest unvarnished opinion of what's right. going on in the game. He's not a, a studio suit. Exactly right. Exactly Completely right. impartial. Right. And and when when they when the Eagles are doing well and he gets excited, it's fun to listen to. It's a monster. He goes ape shit, right? So yeah. it's it's really kind of fun to listen to that kind of announcing um even if the Eagles are beating up on my beloved Giants. Yeah. And and the greats, the greats know how to build up those exciting plays. 
the best example I, I think I can think of is the the Miracle on Ice with Al Michaels. Now, Al Michaels is one of the all-time greats. Um, yep. And when he called the Miracle on Ice, you could feel it starting to build. As you listen to the game, like if you listen to any part of it, you can feel him building the momentum for those last few seconds as the time was ticking off the clock. Crowd going insane. Carlamon. Shooting it into the American end again. Morrow is back there. Now Johnson, 19 seconds. Johnson over to Ramsey. Will you let him off? Gets checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. You wonder... You wonder whether or not any of these guys actually plan out what they're going to say, or do they do they react in the moment? Like, did he have in his head before he said it, do you believe in miracles? Well, I don't know now. Now that I think about it, I'm sure the, I'm sure the good ones, it comes naturally to them on the, at the spur of the moment. I think with the, you know, the B and the C star, C level dudes that they've written something down or they, they have a book of phrases that they want to use that they think will become, you know, instantly memorable or, or what have you. Well, I mean, how about like, I mean, think about like uh, Howard Cosell with the Angie Dundee, Ali's trainer right next to me is saying it. You may hear him. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. There's right, just no yeah. way, you know, I mean, he was he was clearly just reacting to what was going on right there. The other one that comes to mind is the, um, I think it was the the 1951 World Series where where Bobby Thompson hits this home run and uh, and beats the uh, beats the Brooklyn uh, beats the Brooklyn Dodgers and it's just. Like he was, he was going crazy. He was going ape shit. Like you could just picture him jumping up right. and down in the broadcast booth, just absolutely losing his damn fool mind. See that? That's fair. I'm fine with that. That's that's okay with me. I mean, there's got to be some excitement, right, Gantor? Yeah. No, absolutely. If the play is exciting, they should do what they can to convey that. But not every play is exciting. That's my issue. That's my deal. Agreed. That's my problem. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite announcer? For football, Al Michaels or Mike Tirico? Tirico's good, and, and Tirico's been good for a long time. He just signed, uh, he just left ESPN and signed a very big contract oh, with NBC right. Sports. So I, I think he's going to do some golf now. Uh, I, I wonder whether or not he'll end up taking over eventually for Al Michaels. You, that's got to be the long term play. Yep. Um, the other rumor was that he would be backing up Bob Costas at the Rio Olympics because Costas is up there too. You feel yeah. you feel good with with Costas and Al Michaels. It's like a warm blanket, you know. Like mm-hmm. you hear these familiar voices, and they're they're comforting to you. And like you know, you see Costas behind the desk at the at the Olympics. Um, the other day, I was watching the MLB Network, and Costas was calling a baseball game with Doc Emmerich from hockey. Like Doc is the one of the most famous play by play announcers for hockey, and he was doing color commentary for baseball. And I. I sat and I listened to the two of them go because they were clearly old friends and they were clearly comfortable with each other. Maybe Doc didn't know a whole hell of a lot about baseball, but it was fun to hear the two of them in the booth together, you know, because I think with play-by-play announcers and color guys, there has to be a, a really good chemistry. Yeah. 
I mean, otherwise, I, I otherwise, it's, right. it's otherwise it's super tough. And as much as I don't like Joe Buck, I love Troy Aikman, and I love the two of them together. Yeah, I mean, they are the A crew for a reason on Fox. Yeah, I just I can't I I do not like Joe Buck. I could take or leave Joe Buck, but Joe with Troy Aikman in the same booth, there's a very easy yeah, is it an easy chemistry between the two of them. The the best example I think of chemistry in the booth was Pat Summerall and John Madden. Yep. You know, I, I used to love listening to Pat Summerall had one of those voices. He had one of those voices. It had like a slightly metallic tinge to it when he you know, when he spoke. But it was just kind of easy listening. Like you could listen to you could listen to Pat call a game all day and then he and then he would get he would get coupled with with John Madden who Pat Summerall was so kind of straight up and down, so, you know, calling to play. And John Madden was a goddamn loose cannon. You never knew what the hell he was going to say, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was funny listening to the two of them in the booth together because it was just like, what the – what? You could just see Pat, like, shaking his head at John Madden as he's sitting there madly drawing on the telestrator, you know, going crazy and boom! <laughs> Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? You know, Boom, like, now he's o- That's right. Now he's, o- now he's over here. Look at the- oh, Here comes a running back around the back. Boom. And, and they- there's Pat just going, all right, when- when's, this- when's this bit going to be over so I can call the next play? <laughs> See, people- to me, people, I-, I felt like Madden got irrationally busted on. Like, you know, the- whoever has the most points wins the game. Well, no shit. You know, ha, ha, ha. But it's like, <laughs> I feel, I don't have the context, but I can imagine, you know, all the people talk, you know, so-and-so has, you know, 400 yards and, you know, he's completing 95% of his passes. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly Madden's point. That shit doesn't win games. Points win games. Yeah. And he, maybe he didn't explain it well. And I'm just completely, I have no idea if that's what he actually meant or if that was even in the context. But he he didn't clarify or, or kind of point that stuff out as well as he maybe should have based on how, you know, how much people busted his balls on the internet for saying stupid stuff. But it's like, yeah, when it comes down to it, points are what matter. Well, I think what you liked most about Madden was that he was just very plain spoken, you know? Yeah, that's true. He wasn't the, trying to Dennis Miller the shit up. Well, D- Dan, uh, Dennis, Dennis Miller was in the booth with, with Al Michaels and Dan Fouts. And I don't think either one of them knew what to do with Dennis Miller. No, you nobody know? did. You know what I remember about Dennis Miller on Monday Night Football? Every, on Tuesdays, on ESPN.com, they used to have a column explaining some of the esoteric shit that Dennis Miller right. said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like he would make all kinds of like weird quotes and references to things and you, you would have, huh, what? <laughs> like you'd have to go to, to ESPN to, to get the references and figure out what the hell was going on. And this was, this was uh, 2000 and 2001 were his two seasons on, uh, on Monday Night Football. And, and he was replaced by Madden. <laughs> Right, so you went from <laughs> you went from Dennis Miller, who was way out there, to John Madden, who was boom. Yeah, <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> that was kind of a that was a huge step down, <laughs> but it was a good job by ESPN. They got that done. I will confess that I, if I could, if I could switch careers, I would do this. I would go into sports announcing. Oh, you'd be great. I would love to do it. You know, I would love to do. I would love to call play-by-play for anything, preferably baseball, because I think what about there's porn. <laughs> that might be interesting. Tiffany gets up on the bed, swings her leg over. <laughs> oh, and she mounts them. It's deep. <laughs> You'd be great. 
you, you'd be great in it. Can I be your manager? <laughs> you want to be my agent? You want to get me gigs? Yeah. Because yeah. here are the gigs I'm going to get straight out the box, right? I'm going to get like I'm going to get like like high school girls softball. <laughs> right? That's not that there's anything wrong with girls softball. That might be trouble for you, buddy. Right? What? What's going to be trouble for me? You're a lecher. I'm a lecher. <laughs> That's right. That's gonna be my problem. All right, fine. High school, high school boys, uh, high school boys baseball. That's no different. Dude. Okay, I'll be a lecture there too. But I, I mean, those are the kind of gigs that I'll get early on. I would love, I would love to do a, a sports talk radio show. I would love to take callers. I would take callers all day long. I would love it, and it would be a toss-up as to whether or not I would argue with the callers. Or whether or not <laughs> it would really have to depend on the day and how much sleep you're, I had. You're way too smart for them. Well, I, some of the some of the callers are pretty smart. I mean, nope. you, yeah, some nope. of them are. Nope. So, some of them know their stuff. Negative. But all right, well, well, why don't we practice a little bit? Oh, dude, you're, I can't do it again. You, you gotta do. You gotta. You gotta I help me out with this. I have to. Oh, I had to. I I I needed to prepare. But you have to get. You have to get into character, Ganthor. Maybe you can help me out with this. Maybe maybe you could coach me through a bad call. And like I could say, all right, uh, Gantor calling from Pennsylvania. You're on the air. Hey, uh, hey yo, Spear. I, I don't know if you remember me. I met you at uh, at Gino's Bar one time uh, last season. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Gantor. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember. What's, uh, what's on no, your you're mind? You're not supposed to remember me because you meet 8,000 people a oh, day. Oh, so, all right. But, but I'm trying to be magnanimous about it, right? Yeah, so. I know, but. No, so I don't. No, all right, so all right, all right, all right. Uh, no, uh, sorry, buddy. I really don't remember you. Well, what's on your mind? What, uh, go ahead. Oh, uh, it's it's okay. Uh, so, um, LeBron James is he the best that ever was? Uh, he's certainly the best player of his generation, but I don't know if you could put him up against Michael, uh, Larry, and Magic, and Wilt, and some of those guys. I mean, those are that's a pantheon. That's a Mount Rushmore right there. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. So. Uh, how are we gonna do next year? Who, who's who's we? Are we there? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can hear you, buddy. <laughs> can you hear me? I, I can hear you. I get. You're on the air. Um, so, uh, all right, we're gonna we, we're uh, gonna we're gonna be done with Gantor from uh, from Pennsylvania. We're gonna take Mike from California. What's on your mind, Mike? See, I needed to I needed to prepare because <laughs> I could have I could have I could have gone back to listening to it to listen to how stupid these fuckers are, and I could have worked up a whole thing. Well, maybe we should have planned better. <laughs> yeah, we should have. But, <laughs> but I, sw- I swear to you, they do that. So, I met you. You saw you autographed my jersey at uh, the airport in, in Kansas City two years ago. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you calling the show there, Gantor. Uh, what's on your mind? <laughs> and then, and then it's, uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so I was just thinking, um, yeah, um, go, uh, go <laughs> Phillies. Uh, <laughs> So you got a doubt too. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. If you listen to sports radio, you have heard those callers. Yep. They are so bad. Yeah, I I would like to do that that kind of show though, right? Cuz I would uh, I mean I it's, feel like you would mock them. I don't but know. Not directly mock them, you would patronizingly or uh sarca- not sarcastically. I guess patronizing is the word. You would you would mock them that way. Yes, there would definitely they, be some snark they don't know they're being mocked. Yes, yes. Yeah. I would no see that I would absolutely do. Yeah. I would absolutely do that. They would hang up the phone and they would they would hang up the phone and wonder, did I just get mocked? They no, see they wouldn't even know that. They'd have to wait for their buddy cuz he did you hear me on the radio, Tony. 
<laughs> Johnny Blake, yo, bro. Spear was busting your balls, man. You, you didn't know? No. He didn't bust no. my balls. Dude, I was great. I did what a good mean? job. Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I Get would, the fuck out of here. I would love to do it. I would love to take calls. And I would love to take calls. I would take the night shift. Like, I would take that shift from, like, 2 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock right before the morning <laughs> guys get on. Because then you would get all the crazy yeah, people. You'd yeah, get all, like, the truckers job. and yep. the, the, the night watchmen and, <laughs> and all of the people who have nothing better to do than to listen to you. And I would just hang out with them. You know, like they would call in and be like, what are you doing right now? You trying to compete with Delilah? Delilah? I <laughs> know. I wouldn't dude, do that. that could be your, that could be your end, dude. There's always two Coke and Pepsi, Chevy and Ford. Oh, um, now we're talking. Who else? What's another big duopoly? Uh, damn it. Come on. Help me. Skippy peanut butter and Jif. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Skippy and Jif. Burger King, McDonald's. You know what it is, Yeah, right? I got gotcha. you. There's always two. There's Who's always Delilah's two. competition? I guess. All right, fine. Then I get, I'll get. i do some- It's a used-to-be Grease Man until he- I'll do some- uh, I'll do some- Did sex. stupid shit. Fucking Grease Man. The Grease Man. I'll, I'll, do some, I'll do some sexy talk. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Two to six, the graveyard shift. People are calling about their vaginas. Talk to them about their vaginas. No problem. <laughs> I don't have one. Can't really speak from personal experience, but I, I'll do some research if I have to. You do that already. <laughs> I don't look at too many vaginas. <laughs> Who are you fooling, dude? Who am I fooling? How many have you looked at today? Today? On the internet. Oh, on the internet. <laughs> I'm talking I'm talking like oh, real are you vaginas. You're talking in person? I gotta talk real vaginas. Oh, you don't want to do that. They're they probably disgusting <laughs> as a general you know <laughs> on average. Just think about it. Look at all the, the females that you see in a day, right? Right. I'm talking at Wawa, in the office, at the gas station, in the supermarket, well, wherever you go, think about how many of them would be attractive to you down there. That well, thing. I'm not looking to be a gynecologist. I'm just saying, in on average, uh, they're probably gross by default. <laughs> and it's only with a lot of effort. <laughs> That's that great, Ganthor. Turn into wonderful things. That's great. The default position of a vagina is gross. <laughs> is that what you just tell, said? Tell me I'm wrong. You know what? You go ride SEPTA <laughs> and you tell me, I bet you the 99th percentile. Well, I, I can tell you I can tell you that maybe on SEPTA, maybe I, I sense a fishy odor sometimes on a hot day. I don't know. I thought maybe just somebody was carrying tuna fish in their lunch pail or something. That's disgusting. <laughs> But that's kind of my point. <laughs> I'm telling you, the the uh, I can't. Why can I not put it into statistical terms? I don't know because you're talking about vagina and it's throwing you. Ninety nine, nine hundred ninety nine out of a thousand that you see are going to be disgusting. All right, that's my that's my theory. Well, then you, you just call it Ganthor's law. Fine, and we just ruined all of my uh, research potential there. No, you can still do. It. You got to prove me wrong. Well, then it's not a law; it's a theory. It's one of those. You know what it is. It's, it's one of those. It's like Godwin's law. It's not an actual law, <laughs> Jackass. It's not a law unless it's been proven. Until Whatever. it's been proven, it's a theory. You know, you do the research. Fine, I will. And it could be the the Ganthor Spear law. Fine, fine. I will do the research. You you propose a theory. I will do the research, and okay. we will make it law. Fine. Dude, we could get we could get you a, a late night radio show. We could get a medical research paper published. <laughs> 
We can fill a TV time slot on ESPN. We could be we could be on like we can be in the Oprah magazine with all yeah. of our uh, with all of our research. Yeah, we could be in the U.S. Airways mag. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that's what I want. I want a, I I want a I want what do you call it? Not an expose. That doesn't sound right. I want a profile. I want a profile yeah. in the go. U.S. Airways magazine. Because that's what I aspire US to. Airways anymore, but you know what? You well, know American what American Airlines. I yep. aspire to be in the magazine in the seat pocket <laughs> of every American airline. <laughs> that's what I want. You are aiming high, my Can, friend. Well, it's thirty thousand feet in the air. I'm certainly aiming high. <laughs> we need to make that happen. As my I agent, will, I, I expect you to make that happen. Portraits for that. You, you're my agent. You need to make that happen. Okay, twenty percent, dude. Twenty percent. Right, done. <laughs> All right. What did we learn? What did we learn about sportscasters? What did we learn about my future career? What did we learn, Cantor? We learned that they're not that good. Not that good. Uh, I, I learned that I uh, I aspire to a profile in the American Airlines magazine. You are going places. My I am friend. going places. I'm going everywhere that American Airlines goes. That's where I'm going. In a, in a seat pocket. That's where I'm going. So if you want to read a profile about me in American Airlines Magazine, why don't you go ahead and let us know on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash listeners or listeners.com. You can check out the show on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes or on Google Play. Just search for Four Listeners. It will pop right on up, and you can tweet at us on the Twitters at Four Listeners. We thank you for checking us out this week, and we hope that you will check us out again next week. Thanks a bunch, everybody. Yeah, and he never gets in. He never gets in the way of the game either, right? Yeah, like yeah there's he times, knows when to shut up. Exactly, exactly. There's times where, like, where uh, you know, Joe Buck, he'll he'll get in the way of the game. You know yep. what I mean? Like, he'll make some some commentary about the play or the players. You know, you never hear you never hear Tarico doing that. You never hear Al Michaels doing that. You never hear Bob Costas doing that. Yeah. You know, never hear Vince Scully doing that. Never heard Harry Callis doing that. You heard Meryl Reese doing that. That was awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you need to do that next time Z does an intro. <laughs> I'll just have the clip every time he does it. Yeah. <laughs>